And welcome back to Married with Children, the podcast. Uh, this one is extremely exciting for me. And uh, Callie, I know we've talked a little bit about uh, Johnny Magic, who's going to be here with us today, uh, is here with us today. And I'll tell a little story to in- intro this. Okay. Before we jump into our sponsors, but Johnny came to as a part of the Get School Tour to Jennings County High School, where I'm the principal, and uh, and put on one heck of an act. But I, I have saved this, and because this may not mean anything to anybody else, but and I've told this story on the show before. Johnny asked me to think about something that I was given as a gift as a kid that was um, that was important to me, would meant a lot to me, and immediately. I wanted to trip him up, so I tried to go somewhere totally random. That Not you like think. the the normal yeah, kid yeah. gift. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I didn't go baseball glove or, or a bike. Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother bought me a gumball machine, and I thought, okay, he'll never get gumball machine. And he he read my mind through his illusion and drew this picture off of a uh, that basically matched a Google image search that I did. Um, and I've kept this sitting right here for when Johnny came yeah. on because he blew my mind with it. And uh, several of his tricks uh, were really, really good. And him and I got to talking after he performed. I said, we do this little podcast thing. And would you come down? And uh, we're going to be blessed to see some magic today. So yeah. I'm excited about it. But uh, let's jump in here real quick and thank our sponsors. And we'll come right back. Looking for a new tattoo? Looking for a professional piercer to add to your body art? There's no reason to drive to Indy or Louisville. Just visit Beauty from Ashes Tattoo Parlor in Crothersville, Indiana. Beauty from Ashes is located just past the Dollar General on Highway 31. Stop in and check out the amazing work done by all four artists at the shop. Each artist has a unique and personal style, but all do amazing work. The shop is family friendly, so don't hesitate to bring your kids or loved ones with you when you stop by to get some ink. Check out all the artists' work on their Facebook page and book an appointment today with either Kyle, Martha, Billy, or Lily. You won't be disappointed. Beauty from Ashes Tattoo Parlor, Crothersville, Indiana. Miller's Termite and Pest Control is the only place you need to look for pest control. Don't get roped into contracts or high prices with the big companies. Reach out to someone who cares about you. They can handle any problem from termites, bed bugs, ants, spiders, etc. They also do lawn care. Where else can you keep the bugs out of your house and your yard looking sharp? Reach out to them today on Facebook at Miller's Termite and Pest Control. Email at pest underscore in underscore peace at yahoo.com or by phone at 812-767-5657. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy, 812-372-4483 at extension 2447, or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. And again, we say it every week, but uh, I can honestly say that uh, all of our sponsors are people that we use. Uh, Miller's Termine Pest Control takes care of our house and our pests um, and any bugs we have. Tommy Taylor is our family's insurance agent and even now my my own parents' insurance agent. And uh, 
the Beauty from Ashes team has done several tattoos on me. So uh, we are we are fans of all three of those sponsors and thank them for everything they do for us. So, right, absolutely. So let's jump in. Johnny, uh, first of all, thanks for being here, man. And, yeah. and like I said, we have Johnny Magic here in studio with us today. And so I'm going to go back to kind of the beginning. And how, how do you get started in magic? Yeah, how do you get started? Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I was like most kids, and I just enjoyed watching magic, right? You've got the magicians who visit your hometown. Uh, there were a couple on TV, and I was just so confused about how they were able to do what they were doing. Um, it wasn't until uh, a magician visited my hometown um, and did a trick, and I realized I can go talk to him right when we're done. And so I was eight years old. My mom and I went and talked to him, and I was like, mm-hmm. this specific trick you did with this silk and this egg, like – teach me how to do this and at first he kind of shrugged it off you know like most kids yeah i'm sure asked the secret and he's like oh i can't tell you you know and i was like no 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 i'm different i just decided i'm going to do this <laughs> i'm a magician so you can tell me uh and he taught me how and where to buy magic we went to the magic store and uh i was just such a shy kid guys that magic one was fun but two it kind of gave me an icebreaker like mm-hmm. a way to just connect with people so i was all in and we've kind of talked about that, you know, and, and you talk about it in the Get School Tour as well, but you and I kind of off of, uh, off behind the scenes, I guess, talked and it, it really kind of created that, that stage persona for you being a shy kid where you could really, you know, um, be confident in what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I know you tell the story on there that it kind of got to a point though that where you didn't know how to, interact with people without it. Yeah, it was kind of ironic that I used it as a way to kind of connect with people, but then I got known as the magician. Right. And so everywhere I went, I was kind of always on. Yeah. And oh, then, yeah. And then as I got older, especially as an adult, it was like, oh, well, that's not how you connect with people anymore. <laughs> now they're just an audience. They're just watching you mm-hmm. and you're the performer. It's kind of the performal, performer audience kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. This is not the goal. And so I actually had to have a season where I stopped doing magic. So I could find my own identity outside of that. Mm-hmm. And only recently have I felt like I can kind of do both, kind of be real and and, and kind of do magic at the same time. <laughs> and and I can see that. You know, it's yeah. it's we we've talked to several musicians on here and you know, they always talk about, you know, when you're the guy that plays acoustic guitar, everywhere you show up, if you have your guitar, people are like, Well play. Yeah. yeah. I want you to play. A tune. Play this. Yeah. And it's like they're the same way. It's like some point you just want to go to a party and, and hang out with people and not be on, not have to, exactly. have to yeah. do that. So. And I couldn't blame anybody else because it was the persona I created and I never right. did turn it off. And so it was kind of an expectation. Well, I mean, and it was kind of a good icebreaker for you too. I mean, it was like, let me do this trick and get to talking. And then, then you know, maybe you felt more comfortable or others felt comfortable. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. And so I, now I, I have, can understand. I have a new rule now in the last couple of years where the first time I meet someone, I don't do magic. Because it just it creates this whole precedence and this identity that I I don't want to have to live up to all the time. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, and you talk about some of those magicians that came through, you know, all of our towns and when we were kids. Yeah, who were some of the heroes as you really got into magic that you studied or you looked at that kind of inspired you to keep going? Um, it was really unusual for me. I've talked to other magicians who picked one that they followed or things like that. I never really had that. I, I followed people who I found really entertaining. And a couple of those were ventriloquists, um, people like Jim Carrey, you know, actors I was really more drawn to. And as I got older, when I found out that, um, that some of these actors were also magicians, 
I thought that was really, really cool, too. Yeah, there's kind of like a whole, like, Hollywood group that are also magicians that are, you know, Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. And, and that are... Yeah, Steve Martin was one of mine. And uh, I when I saw him do magic on late night shows, he did magic like nothing else I'd ever seen. Where, like, he would, he would get in a whole stadium, like, like a big thousands and thousands of people, and he would hold up a coin dramatically and say, ladies and gentlemen, the vanishing penny. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, oh. Of course, you wouldn't do a vanishing penny in a stadium, but he would always subvert those expectations, and he did silly things like that, but kind of deadpan, like mm-hmm. he was so serious. Oh yeah, his <laughs> his whole shtick was unbelievable, whether comedy or Phenomenal. whatever. Right. Phenomenal. His timing, the way he could draw an audience in, and then you think you know what the punchline is, but it's something totally dry or something totally different. Yeah, so he was definitely someone I started following more. Very cool, and. So, like when you when you start working on a trick, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get into to tricks here, kind of throughout the interview as well. But when you start working on a trick, how long does it typically take you to practice it before you're confident in showing it? Um, I <laughs> it should take longer than I give it. I, I will say that I'm always reminding people, you know, it's good to practice and everything. But I don't often abide by that rule. I've I've performed magic that re- arrived in the mail the same day. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but I can, in many ways, I can get away with that because my my approach is so casual and comedic that I truly feel like if the whole thing bombed, we would just move on and everyone would just get a kick out of that. Right? Uh, because I don't really do anything too difficult. It's it's more of the entertainment side of it. And I'll be honest, I think that's kind of the cool thing that's moved on with magic today. Um, when I think back to some of the magicians when i was a kid yeah you know and even even david copperfield and some of the the big name guys it was very dramatic mm-hmm. it was very like serious and the the right, orchestra right. music had to come in and it was like this i love now looking at some of these guys like on the shows like america's got town and things that they can look like a com- they're they're more comedic and can look like a complete train wreck and you're like oh my gosh this is going awful and then all of a sudden Boom! Something you never right. noticed was happening yes. was going to happen. Um, I I enjoy that style of comedy a lot more than the the old school dramatic and and still some of the escape artists those kind of things are cool. But I like kind of the more interaction and laid back type stuff. Yes, and I love making nods to those genres too. I do a chain escape in my show and I play it dramatically, but self aware that this is not my style. This is not mm-hmm. who I am. But that. Mm-hmm. There, this is a genre of magic, and I love where magic has come. You know, oh yeah, it, it went from top hats and magic yeah. wands and yeah. like dramatic audiences, and like you just said, to now there you can be a character, you oh, can yeah. have your own personality shine through. You can tell stories with magic. You've got Penn and Teller, and they are a duo of magic. Yes, and one of them doesn't talk, <laughs> which so. is that's still amazing to me. <laughs> that, that, the whole deal with Penn and Teller, I, I love it, but I love that you know, obviously Teller speaks nothing the whole time. Yeah. It's so it's so cool that the the way that the genre has just exploded in different flavors, and 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 the how people continue to innovate, you know, and I think that's the coolest thing. And, and you talked to you earlier, you know, you are our second magician to have on the show, and Caleb was on, who also, which we'll talk about later for you, was on Penn and Teller's Fool Us. That card trick that he did on there, that's a whole nother level to card tricks. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's what amazes me. Card tricks have come from. You know, pick a card, stick yeah. it back in, to where they blow your mind even more than they ever could. Yes. And for a magician, I was, uh, Penn and Teller, I don't think we're fooled by that on the stage, but I certainly was. And I love it. And I've never asked him how he did it because I love that moment that I don't know. And I yeah. was going to ask you that. How, with, with what you know in magic and all the tricks you've learned, 
How often are you fooled by someone? It, it's not very often. It's not very really? often because just once you've been in it for 20 plus years, you start to kind of kind know of the in. tricks. Yeah, you kind of know this is generally how you do it. But every once in a while, there's a stumper. And almost every time, if you pay the money or you go to the class or you convince someone to tell you, you almost hit your forehead every time and you're like, it's so simple. Really? It, that's what's amazing. Um, you know, and even in, in your act, you talk about the, the silk and the egg. Yeah. What you do with Get Schooled, it, it, which it gets even bigger and better, but when you first see that, you're like, oh my gosh, that's really just, yeah, you know, that's all, that's all I did. It's just so simple. Stuffed it. But, but it, again, it's the, it's the art of, Ma- you know, marrying that that simple trick to your stage performance and getting us to believe that this is this is real magic, or you know, something has disappeared. And and mm-hmm. I think that's the coolest thing is about magic is because even as an adult, I still love it, even though I know there's a trick to it here. Yeah, right. I still love to be tricked. Yes, yeah, just like watching a like a play or a movie. Even we're willing to kind of set aside our you know. We're willing to embrace disbelief. Yes. Right? And just kind of go, okay, I I realize magic isn't real, but I'm willing to set that aside because I want to be entertained. Yeah. And and that's what, you know, and it's funny, even with me, you know, I want to try and figure things out. And I legitimately did when you were at the high school, watch you from several different (laughs) angles. I had the luxury of being able to get behind the angle and see and... And it, it wasn't that desire of like, oh my gosh, I have to figure this out. It was just, can I catch something? Yeah. And, yeah. and again, you tricked me multiple times that day. <laughs> and, and it is. It's so much fun. And I think it reminds us of our childhood, of being, oh, totally. you know, having some of that, um, you know, that naive sense of just childhood and, and believing in what you're told and those kind of things. That childlike wonder. Yes. Like we all want to return to that in some way. Because as you get older, you want to start controlling things. You want things to be a little more predictable. Mm-hmm. You kind of want to understand things. And magic breaks all of that. Because you don't understand and you have right. no control. And how did you get in my mind? And where did that thing go? And that's, yeah. you know, you, you bring up how did you get in my mind? That That is the coolest thing. And we've been to a couple different shows, Callie and I, with Illusionists. And that's another step to magic as well. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. that I think is so, so cool. Like you, the, the trick with, with me and the gumball machine, something that, you know, it's one thing with card tricks or, you know, the sleight of hand magic where you're kind of controlling the trick. But... As good as magic has come to where you guys are now interacting with us, yeah. and we're, like I said, you told me to think of something. You told me to look it up, pick the first image, and and I'm sure I would have that moment of, oh, my gosh, that's how it happened. But right now, I couldn't explain that <laughs> to save save myself. I mean, I have no idea. Yeah. And uh, that's the cool thing I think that magic has come to now, too, is that the the audience is part of the show. Yes, and it's it's gone from these big boxes that you wheel on stage to now it can be right. magic without any props. Mm-hmm. Right? It could be your phone or or this index card or a post-it note or you know, you brought a deck of cards from the gas station. It can be so simple and yet that doesn't diminish the wow moment either. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I came home and actually told my wife one of the tricks you did at the, the high school was um was them adding and and multiplying numbers together. And I told her, I said, when I first saw it, my first thought was, it's just something mathematical. There Somehow it always works out. 
but, to be the same number. But I watched you twice, and it was two different numbers. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. I came home, and I told my he, wife, he said, I said, I thought I had it figured out in the first show. I said, it's a mathematical thing. I said, I didn't pay attention to good you, enough. Yeah. It was going to be, it was going to work out to be the same number every time, no matter what somebody spouted off. And I said, then I get to the second show, and I'm sitting there, and it's a totally different number on his arm, and I'm like, I have no clue. Yeah. I, and again, it's that it's that moment of me thinking, you know, my overconfidence of, oh, this is simple. I've got this too. Yeah. Oh no, no, this is something totally different. So now, how many? I'll put you on the spot. How many magicians have you seen perform live in your life? Oh you man, think? I would say I saw Copperfield um, at the IU Auditorium. Um, we saw that the um, illusionist in yeah, Gatlinburg. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, the group. Um, we saw, we saw a comedic. We, we saw two of them in Gatlinburg because we ended up going back and seeing another guy, right? Yeah, but I'm talking about in Bloomington. We went to the the comedy. Oh, yeah, attic, yeah. And they had remember he he was um, he's the guy on Cupcake Wars. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't he, think of his name and right he had now. The Netflix show, yes. Magic for Humans, yes. and all that. Yeah, he was really fun and 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 funny to watch. So, I would say probably ten different magicians. That's more than most. most I'd say that's see probably one more, or two in their life. That's probably yeah. more than me. I, I mean, I've, I've I've seen several. I mean, because I had a friend in high school who was uh, was a magician, was learning to be one. So a lot of times, like he's the one I went to Copperfield with. Um, and that's, that's a funny story that I still can't explain either. Kind of like the gumball card. Mm -hmm. He wanted to wait for David Copperfield after the show. Ah. So we went back by the big tour bus Uh and waited and, and that was his hero was David Copperfield. And we're standing there and and he walks out and my buddy's all excited and he asks him for an autograph and David Copperfield like totally blows him off. He's like, nah, kid, man, I don't have time for that. Like, and he's like really standoffish and kind of rude, but he stood there like and interacted with it a little bit. And it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Well, later on, Copperfield gets on the bus. My buddy's totally bummed out. Like, here's this hero, wouldn't speak to him. We go to Steak and Shake to eat. And when he reaches in his pocket to pull out his money, there's a ace of hearts and Copperfield signatures on it. And it was in his pocket. Whoa. And I still to this day do not know. <laughs> like, obviously, he interacted. I've replayed that in my mind a thousand times of when he wow. could have gotten close to the pocket or how he. But my and my buddy was totally bummed. Like, he's like, I, I we stood out there for 45 minutes waiting for him to walk out. And, you know, he's like, all I wanted was an autograph. I wasn't going to bug him. But. And then we get to steak and shake, and he pulls out that card, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, <laughs> like, like, I have no clue wow. how you did that. Wow! But, yeah. So, so yeah. So I used to go to a lot of things with him, and it was it was a lot of fun to kind of kind of get to see it through his eyes too, because I I I am not at all a magician. I have zero tricks um, at all. So it's fun to see those guys. That's a great story. Yeah, it was it was insane. Like I, I to this day, I, and I'm sure. If I if I had a video of it, I'm sure there was a moment when they interacted more than I remember. But his attitude towards us being so standoffish, that's all that sticks out in our mind. Like he was like, Yeah, no, go. And then obviously he slipped that in his in his pocket somehow. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, beyond me. I don't know. Uh, Amazing. So so uh well, do you wanna do you wanna do a trick here before before we go any farther? We should try something. I think we should. Yeah, we should try something. You mentioned the, the whole gumball machine thing. Um, let's yeah, let's do something simple. We've got uh, here. I don't know if you read any of these, but there are there's a few magazines there, three or four. Go ahead and just choose one. Uh, choose a magazine. Yeah, it doesn't matter which one. Okay. 
And then uh, what I want you to do is, I know there are a lot of cameras around here. So I know. So keep it close to yourself. Okay. Um, find an article maybe or an ad or just maybe a page with a lot of words because we don't want to know what you're looking at. And more words on the page will make it even harder. And eventually just okay. start skimming the article and just, you know, eventually uh, – Kelly, I want you to choose a word. It's going to be your word. Okay. Um, I've done this in the past, and people have chosen short words to try to make it easy on me. But I like a challenge. So maybe okay. maybe a word with more than six letters. Okay. Uh, maybe narrow it down to a couple, and then eventually choose one and just remember it and close the magazine because I just want you to be thinking about one word. Okay. You're doing that now. You're thinking of a word. Yes. Okay, great. I, don't tell anyone. Okay. Uh, but but you are thinking it. Yeah, do I need to know what the article is about or just my word? No, no, no. It's just to help not put you on the spot <laughs> okay, to come up I just with a word. Out a word. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. It's just to help not okay. put you on the spot. I just want you to be thinking about a word as the whole Okay, word. I got it. So you're thinking of a word? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's start with the first letter because we don't want to just go for it out of the gate and get it wrong. And let's just back up and start to get some hints here. The f- so um, let's say you're thinking of the word baseball. Okay. I would just want you to think of the first letter, which would be B. Okay. So whatever word you're thinking, just think of the uh, first letter. Okay. You're there? Yeah. Okay. Picture this. An animal walks through the front door of this studio here and starts walking around. Okay. The animal starts with the same letter you're thinking. Okay. Are you, are you picturing an animal? Alex is on it. Yes, okay. I got an animal. Would you be impressed if I could draw that animal right now? Yes. Just as a warm-up here? Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> here we go. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is my favorite. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, I'm not much of an artist, you know, so just... Don't worry about that. All right. For the first time, announce publicly what animal you're thinking. A giraffe. Giraffe. Look at that. A giraffe. <laughs> it's a baby giraffe. His neck hasn't quite developed. <laughs> One day I'm going to get that right. One day I'm going to get that right. No, let's let's just go for the whole word. Oh, you had to pick giraffe. Anything else I think would have been convincing. The one feature I didn't draw. Okay, let's just go for it. Um, let's go with the second letter here. Um because obviously now we know it's a G. Um, I'm going to go through the alphabet. Try not to react at all. Okay. Poker face, they call it. Ready? <laughs> a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Oh, she's relaxed. We've already passed it. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Ooh. <laughs> Why are you I'm trying a- to keep a straight face, yeah, but, but I keep smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it was right around, uh, what was I saying? Uh, I, G, G, H, G, H. Are you messing with me? Let's get A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U. Oh, there's a flicker. It was lo- I was reading this reading here. Q, R. It, w- it wouldn't be a Q. Is the second letter R? Am I supposed to tell you? Yes, I'm thinking yes. So yes, I'm supposed to tell you. I don't yeah, know if you're taking me or not. All right, final answer. My sec- second letter is an R? Yes. Yes, okay. All right, now we're, now we're cooking with gas. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right, I'm just gonna lock it in. Just gonna lock it in. If we're wrong, we're having a good time. Uh, what word are you thinking? You want me to tell you? Yes. Grandchildren. Grandchildren? Yeah. What magazine was it? This one? Oh, Southwest Living. I guess that makes sense. Grandchildren. What, anything influence you to choose that? No, it was a long word. It took a while to write it, too. Grandchildren. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. So, there's just a warm-up example. 
Yeah, that, that was good. You, you're not just saying that for the for the cameras. That really was the word you were thinking? That really was the word I was thinking of. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, and for any listeners, um, because I've always thought this too when I've watched uh, different magicians, there was zero setup before. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, no. truly. I mean, it's, <laughs> there is, this is 100% him doing live in studio with us. We. Uh, that's right. And here, you know what? Before I forget, this picture that's not quite a giraffe. Here we go. We'll sign it there, and then you can uh, you can sell us on eBay and buy a car later. There you go. <laughs> the right buyer. I don't know if they're out there. But if, if they're watching, maybe they'll pay big bucks for that. I love it. I love it. For my giraffe. Yeah, exactly. So how many, how many variations do you kind of have off of that? You know, obviously that was magazines. I've seen you do the, uh, the Rubik's Cube with colors. Um, you have several different kind of variations off of that kind of mm-hmm. trick. Yeah, just for, you know, just for variety. So, like, for you, we, we found an image that you were thinking right. of in mm-hmm. your childhood. For her, it was a random word. Uh, that Rubik's Cube you mentioned, yeah, it's right here, um, which keeps it a little more elementary because it's colors. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the choices are a little bit smaller because, you know, infinite amount of words on uh, Google and, you know, maybe a couple hundred in, or a couple thousand in here. But with this, it's a little easier. You've got six. And so you're usually trying to read people. Uh, for example, here, if I put it in this cup, clearly we can't see what this is. Um, but if you look down, you'd, you'd see a color. Mm-hmm. You'd see white. And if you shook it around a little bit, you could change it to any of them. Go ahead and do this. Uh, take the cup and change the color that you're looking at. But then keep your hand on top so that there's no way anybody would know. Just take a peek at it. Okay. And you're thinking of a color, right? Yes. And is it random or did you choose it? Random. It is random. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if you were to choose it, I might try to base it on things that I know about you or maybe, you know, just experiences I've had with you. Or sometimes we're influenced by things around us. For example, like her mic cord is yellow, so she might go with yellow. I'm not going to say that's what it is, but that's a very big possibility. Is it yellow? <laughs> it is yellow. See, okay. So there's a great example. <laughs> but it was random. Oh, that was hard. Sorry. Yeah. That, but it was random. <laughs> so this time, instead of making it random, let's just do it one more time. Uh, just choose a color. If you don't like it, change it. Yeah, well. Uh, well, normally we keep it in the cup so we don't drop it. <laughs> but ironically, uh, isn't that what costs it? If you want to change it, you can You reach into that. Yeah, or make a little lid there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're thinking of it? Yeah. Uh, do you know what it is? No. Any chance? No, nobody. Okay. Hmm. What sometimes will help is if you know something about their personality. Like, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Chocolate. That doesn't help me at all. <laughs> There's no brown. <laughs> um, and your eye color? Uh, a little bit blue. Do you know our favorite color? Don't say it. Maybe. <laughs> She's got blue eyes. She has a blue shirt on. She's in front of a blue table. She's serving food out of a blue... T- but I think she's trying to throw me out. I'm going to say green. It's green. It is green. Yes. Yes. Can't be distracted. It's a mentalist. <laughs> and, I, and I'll be honest. I watched him do this with the kids that helped set up the other day. Yeah. Uh, probably 50 times, and I didn't see him miss it one time. All right. Yeah, I think we're one out of 50. Yeah. We're good for 53 of them in a row, at least, I think. <laughs> so, and then, you know, obviously, when we talked, you, even though you loved magic growing up, mm-hmm. you never really thought this would become a career for you. No. Not at all. I mean, it was always something that was fun and interesting and would make a cool hobby. And, 
you know, if I had kids eventually, that would make me a cool dad. But uh, yeah, you don't have to hire birthday uh, entertainment. Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah, you got that in house. So <laughs> I never thought I would do it professionally. In fact, I didn't even make the leap to do that until about uh, 2016, when I was like, you know what? We were uh, about to have our first child. <laughs> And I thought, you know, there's never going to be a time that's easier to make a leap like this because you can be really good, but that doesn't mean everyone wants to pay you full-time right. kind of income to be yeah. able to support your family with that. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to be known. You've got to kind of have some kind of status, some kind of network. Uh, but my loving wife, she totally encouraged me. She's like, you know, let's just do this. So I had the regular job, as they say. I went to college and got a video degree, video production. So I had that. I had the uh, the nine to five for about five years. It was great, no complaints. It was awesome. But I'd always wondered in the back of my mind, could I do this full time? And like like I mentioned, I I thought the answer was no. When I thought, well, what if I actually tried? Right. What if instead of my video job being eighty percent of my time and magic being twenty, what if I flipped it just for a couple years? In the future, I'd always wanted to be able to look back and say, yeah, I tried and I didn't like it, or it didn't work, or it was just for fun and. And it's it's working. It's taken a lot of effort. It's taken a lot of uh, a lot of risk. And uh, you know, early on, there were months where we just didn't even have the uh, the rent right because we were kind of going all in. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're going to become an entrepreneur or take a risk, you've got to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of encouragement from your family and your spouse and just everyone around you to keep going. And uh, it's it's starting to finally become a thing. And I'm getting a tour with, like you mentioned, groups like Get School Tour. Um, I've had a couple uh, unique opportunities to perform with some celebrities. And it's starting to happen. And I think, I think, and well, I'll say this. I would commend you because I think today it gets tougher and tougher to make those leaps. Because we all get used to the creature comforts and the expectations. And and you're right. You have to put all that stuff on the line. Because, mm-hmm. um, and even if you decide, okay, this isn't working, I jump back in, you still got to take the time to kind of rebuild where you were. And, mm-hmm. and I do. I think that's, I think that's extremely brave. Um, you know, because especially with with a new child you know as you said right then you know because that anybody who's a father knows that changes the whole game on yes. mm-hmm. expectation and and providing and things like that so i think that's a really really cool story and and i think it's a an inspirational story to people that if you are in that 9 to 5 and you have this love the passion that you want to see could it be something more take a shot at it Yes. And the, the, the thing I learned through that whole process, I'd spent a lot of my life kind of independent, doing my own thing and trying to figure it all out. And boy, when you don't have that safety blanket, that security of that check coming, no matter yeah. what your mood was that, during those nine to five hours, uh, but you kind of are really putting yourself out there, it really comes down to relationships. And so if you haven't developed those um, uh, at least in your career and your sphere of influence, but also just with your friendships and things, like relationships... You, they will be tested, and um, you, you will want to be uh, in sync w- with your significant other, and you will want to um, just have the support of that. Mm-hmm. And at first, I I didn't have all of that, and it made it even harder than it needed to be. So that would be something I would encourage people. If you're going to do something risky, surround yourself with people who love you and support you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and even in the fact of, I like that you said support you, and just support you, you know, mentally and emotionally and encouraging because I think that's where a lot of people fail too. And I I had a great quote and I share it with a lot of kids that your character is 
the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm. Um, and I always say that to kids because some kids, you put yourself in situations with very negative people around you and they wonder why they're ne- why they feel negative all the time and feel like they can't, mm-hmm. you know, be successful. But when you surround yourself with people who breed success that love that idea of a challenge and overcoming it and working through it, it's amazing how your mentality will change. And and because obviously there's been tough times for you and and this has been a struggle to get you to where you're at now and you need those people in your corner that are pushing you to keep going. 100%. I completely agree with that advice that you give them. I I know a lot of the most successful CEOs will tell you that they'll the people they hire are smarter than them. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and that's part of it too. Yeah. It's not even just getting your minions or the people who will lift you up. Sometimes they will be above you and they will pull you up. Absolutely. I I when I interviewed for the principal's job at Jennings County, my in, in my interview when they asked me what my goal was, I, I said to hire people that are smarter than me. If I'm the mm. dumbest guy in every room <laughs> I'm in, we're in really, really good shape. And I believe that. As a leader, I believe if you right. are, if I, and I used to believe this when I was a head football coach, if I could hire coaches around me that were smarter than me, if I'm the dumbest guy in the room, we're in a really good spot because mm. I, 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 and I have no problem with being that. And I'm, I love it. We've been, I've got, a group of assistant principals under me right now that are all three smarter than me, and I, it, I love sitting there with a problem because they will help solve it, and right. I have no worries or concerns. So I agree 100. percent That's, that's a great. that's a huge um, part of success. And so now, where, where all do you perform? Do you travel quite a bit? I mean, I saw you the other night. I think it was Friday night or Saturday night. You were at the zoo, mm-hmm. Indianapolis Zoo, doing yeah. some stuff. Um, so where all do you go to perform? Yeah, I. Earlier in my career, I would travel all over the place, and I got calls um, through some relationships to go even international. I spent a week in Japan back in 20, uh, I think it was 2011, and um, I've been to China. I've done a little bit of magic in Mexico. Uh, Hawaii was a lot of fun. You know, these are the fun places to mention, but I've also done early in my career, the birthday parties and everything, and got my humble roots there. Uh, Nowadays, I do a lot of corporate events. Uh, anytime they want to add just some fun. Yeah. And so a lot of times, you know, by default, that's Christmas time, right? We all want to get mm-hmm. together and have Christmas parties. But some of my favorite events to do in the corporate world are appreciation, you know, where you get people and they're just going to appreciate the employees and things. And the people who are normally behind the scenes get to get to sit in the chairs and just be entertained. And a lot of, uh, especially in the churches and the ministry nonprofit <laughs> realm, volunteers, they'll recognize yeah. them. And so, again, that's another way that I love to perform is you just get crowds of people who are sometimes underappreciated or aren't in the limelight and we bring them on stage and we have a good time. And so, so in that sense, you're, you're not traveling as much. You've kind of been able to build a network around here regionally to, to support that. Yes. And, I, and that's been my goal because I want, it's important to me to see our, our two kids as often as I can, if not every night, at least every other day. And being regional, you know, I'll, I'll drive to St. Louis for seven hours and, mm-hmm. and we'll do a show and then I'll drive back just because right. family is really important to me. And so I, my general rule is if it's under 10 hours away, um, I, that's what, that's the space I want to be. I can hop on a quick flight or drive overnight and uh, knock it out. Cool. That's pretty cool. And I, I think, I think that's the tough thing in the um, industry you're in is balancing that family and, you know, the, the, the look for success, the building of success, because you you can lose touch with that really quickly. Yeah, I was a mentor of mine. It really encouraged me when starting my own business. He said, decide early what is enough. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know, then you'll say yes to too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
right? And if, if you're trying to be famous or you're trying to make a lot of money or you're trying to just be more well-known, then you will find yourself traveling a lot on weekends mm-hmm. and you will find yourself doing week-long events. And if you're not careful, that will dominate your life. Well, and I think that's interesting that you said, you know, you try and be home every other day or, you know, every other night and 10 hours and that kind of thing because I think that sounds like you did ha- kind of set some limits that, you know, because otherwise it'd be like, well, this one's 12 hours. So, I mean, like... You know, I mean, and and I'm sure you can, you obviously can still say, yes, I can do this, you know, in the right situation. But I think that you kind of putting that, you know, here's kind of my rule of thumb so that, you know, we can, that that way it can still, it doesn't come between you and your family and, and that kind of thing. So yes. I think that's awesome. And with your podcast, you know, Married with Children, that's, that's definitely me. <laughs> and my wife and I set up some rules like two weekends a month, at least two Saturdays, I want to be with my family. And sometimes that means saying no to things. Right. And do you have to follow the rule to a T, non-negotiable? Of course not. Right. But at least when you're going to bend that uh, rule that you set up, it's a conversation. Yeah. Right. And and the conversation isn't, wait, where are you going to be? It's just, can I be there? Mm -hmm. And um, and I haven't perfected it yet. I don't want to come on here and say, I figured it all out. (laughs) By any means, uh, because the other harder thing about being an entrepreneur is, it's hard to turn your brain off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, at, at, when five o'clock hits at your day job, you kind of clock out mentally, too. And that problem, well, it'll, it'll still be there, but it'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. When you're an entrepreneur, you're at home at night, and you're trying to sleep, and you're thinking about it. Oh, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to solve that? So that's something I've been working uh, really to be intentional about is when I'm home, I'm home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you almost have to des- designate those physical spaces in your home. Like when I'm in here, I'm working, but I'm in the living room, I'm present. Right. And that's a big thing for me too. And it, it's, I, I do a lot of my work at the office and I'll go in early in the morning because, and people always laugh at me and say, you never carry a bag out. And I'm like, I don't. And you're right. Very seldom do I bring work home. I would rather get up early when I know my boys are going to be getting up and just going to school anyway, Yeah, get up early, go in and work. But at four or four thirty, I want to come home. Mm-hmm. I want to come home and I want to spend that time with them. And I'm not going to, to take that, take away from that by sitting in there and doing work at that point. And it is tough because you know that that just means the next day is going to be even more, but it's the right way to do things. And something else you said, I think is, is vital when you make that jump is what you said, your mentor said in deciding what is enough, because I think so many people jump into things and think, I'm going to be a multimillionaire, or right. I'm going to be famous, or I'm going to be this. So they're constantly disappointed in kind of that grinding phase of coming up, you know? And it's even like when we started this this whole deal and wanting to do a podcast, we wanted to do it for us. Like, we never thought we were going to make this a career. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if it happened, wow, okay. But this was for us <laughs> right. to, to get to sit down and talk to interesting people. For us, it's... When it's just a show with Callie and I, it's an hour of time that we're uninterrupted and we're just talking, which I've said a thousand times. It's sad that if you put mics and headphones, you'll have some of the best conversations you'll have, but we do. Yeah. Um, but kind of setting that expectation so you don't either A, get disappointed or go so crazy trying to make it happen that you you totally lose sight of what's really important. And I love that on your website, you even mentioned, hey, this is something I've wanted to do. I wanted to do it in college and I didn't. And then later I was like, you know what? Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> and and you don't have to own that. On your website, you could say, hey, I'm a big deal and I've got a podcast. And you know, maybe you wouldn't put it in those words, but that could be the vibe that you put out. Like right. it's a thing. And you and you didn't you didn't do that. You were like, hey, 
it's something I wanted to do. I put it off because that's something we can all relate to. Right. Wanting something, but deciding it's not time or, well, we don't have the resources, excuse, excuse, excuse. And then finally just going, you know what, what would it take? And, and am I willing to start small and build it into something? Mm-hmm. And and that's what, you know, and, and obviously Alex has been in here the whole time making noise and, and we've laughed because it is why we're married with children and, and they're a part of it. And we've had, we joke because we've had Jim Lucas, one of our state representatives sitting right there in that chair talking to us about very serious issues. And our four, five-year-old now has barged in because he needs a cup of water, or yeah. a cup of milk. I mean, we wanted this to be something that our kids were involved in and our kids were around. And it's crazy to me. You know, our son will come in here and he'll probably do it this afternoon. He'll come in and say, hey, dad, let's do a little podcast. And I now have these recordings, just short recordings of him and I having conversations. Oh, that's so cool. That mean the world to me. And it's we're talking about cartoons or video games or it means nothing to anyone else. Wow. But it's him and I sitting here. And and it's, you know, those are things that I will cherish Mm. forever. And, And so for me that's way more important than whatever we do. And we appreciate all our sponsors that help us and, and you know, the three shows that we get to do, but no, it was always for us just about getting to talk to interesting people and get their stories out there. And to be honest, if I can help you or the next guy that comes on, that means more to me than even our show. I mean, that's, mm. I want to support people that are doing things and taking chances mm-hmm. and risks. And, and that's why I, I hit you up as soon as I saw you, because I wanted to to get you down here to, to show us some stuff. I'm privileged to know that story and to be part of this, guys. This is great. Well, and you are, well, you're episode 61, actually. Okay. So you are number 61. <laughs> 61. And I mean, you're following a tough one. You're following the king and queen of the hobos. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's who was on last wow. time. Yeah, the actual king of the hobos. Really? Yeah, nationally voted. That's a thing. That's it a thing. It is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's her signature at the known, end of the right? table right I, I there. I noticed that right away. And yeah. I was like, what does that mean? What is the king? Um, he is, uh, yeah, and he's a, the the last true working American hobo. Literally jumps trains around the country and finds work. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a niche thing for yes. sure. Yes. It was one of the best interviews I think I've ever done. I mean, his life is just it was cool. amazing. Wow. And uh, so it was, yeah. So you're following up uh, the national hobo. Well, I hope I can listen to that on the way home. Today. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be great. So, you want to do something else? I know you got a deck of cards there. We do have a deck of cards here. Uh, but I, whatever you want to do. Yeah, let's try something. This is um, – so when I was younger, I would uh, I would do these restaurant gigs where you kind of walk around and, <laughs> if, you know, people want to see something. And I handed them uh, a deck of cards and I said, you know, cut the deck, which is a, a magician's fair way of saying, you know, it's a possibility I set this card, these cards up so you can want you cut the deck. Well, he he thought it was going to be funny. He actually took a steak knife and just cut the deck. He like rammed it through the card. So I still have the card box here and it's I even got the hole. I didn't bring a knife, but this little toothpick will kind of show you that this hole is in fact all the way through there. Now, with a story like that, you might go, wait a minute, is he just making this up? But look, you can actually feel that. You can actually move that up and down. Oh, yeah. And it really is going through, right? Yes, yes. And uh, I don't know, should we show a camera just so they can really see if I hold it over here? Is that helpful? I don't know what that does. Yeah, Yeah. it's clearly through there. Callie, can you reach over there and just show that that truly is moving up and down? That's not like an optical illusion. It's not two pieces. Yep. And you can even take that out and feel that toothpick. That's not, there's nothing fancy yep. there. That's straight from a party store. Yep. Uh, without doing anything else, uh, hang on to the toothpick. Okay. Put your hand out flat like this. I want you to feel that, though. Feel oh that. Oh, my. That's really heavy. Yeah, it is really heavy. Pass it down to him. I want him to feel how heavy that is. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's yeah, not a normal deck of cards. Yeah. No, it's not. You can actually pass it back. I'll show you. Yeah. 
careful. It is about two and a half pounds. Uh, the the card the the box is actually from that story, but I actually don't keep cards in here anymore. You can even open it up and just take out that there. <laughs> well, it definitely doesn't have a hole in it. <laughs> yeah, that's where I keep my block of steel now. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, when you're flying uh, on an airplane and you're going through a security <laughs> check, they get a little freaked out about why you have a deck of cards sized uh, block of steel. Yeah. And so you normally have to push a quarter through this just so they can uh, be fully convinced. <laughs> this, is the only thing, this is the only magic trick I can't figure out either. I don't know how that thing goes through there. <laughs> That's the strange thing to me. It's, it's just special, special <laughs> steel. I yeah. guess. I have no idea. I Wow. <laughs> You're just open. You're open. You find the spot. I'm just checking. <laughs> wow. Now, there was a, a magic trick uh, that one magician did that really broke my brain. He did it. It was so simple. He, um, we were at my desk. He just grabbed two rubber bands off of his uh, off of his desk there. Can you zoom that in at all? What do you think? Let's see. Let me see if I can zoom in here. I can also come closer, whatever makes it easier for you guys. Oh, look at that. Fancy, fancy. We'll move this out of the way. Basically, he showed that he had two rubber bands, but he put one on the other side like this. And so they were linked. And then clearly, you can't go through your finger. You can't go this way and mm -hmm. you can't go through here. But his object was to try to pull, his, pull them apart. And he did it so slowly. I don't know. It was very weird. They kind of went right through. And I said, wait, 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 you got to do that again. And he's like, all right, okay. So he put it over here, and then he put his thumb on it. Now, if it weren't on that side, if it was an illusion, right, you wouldn't see that resistance. And even though his fingers always stayed far apart, it would still melt right through. I just don't know how you do that. <laughs> it was so strange. It was so strange. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> did you see anything? I did not. This I, is, yeah, this is the type of magic I like to do. You know, magic where you don't have to go to the magic store. You just get, no, that's, you just get a rubber band. You pick up some magazines. You get a deck of cards. I guess this is the most odd thing that the uh, steel block. my uncle made for me because he does uh, welding. He made that for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, that works. I'm blown away. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this is something. Uh, this is one of the first magic tricks I got as a kid. And uh, a lot of magicians do this, so our audience, they may even recognize it. It's a, it's a magic coloring book. Uh, and, well, this one's brand new. You can see how shiny it is. Which camera should I show? Uh, maybe over here? Yeah, basically, you can see, I haven't even colored any of them yet, but they're all magic-themed, right? You got the magicians there, the clowns, there's a circus tent, the linking rings, pretty popular trick there, and uh, the rabbits, you know, the doves, very classic oh, magic. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what's going on there, some kind of... Creepy clown floating out of the keyhole there. Uh, we've got a lady floating. That's very Copperfield. Magic table. This is a cool trick. I don't know how he's doing that. He's breaking laws of physics there with those cards. And, uh, yeah, you've got the magic assistant. Right? Pretty pretty basic stuff. What's amazing about this and why you have to buy it at a magic store is that it's a coloring book that can color itself. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you laugh, but it, it, it actually does. It actually does. But what people don't see right here is this yellow part. It's actually a button. You can actually press that. There you go. And right now, all of the pages are colored. They really are. Now, when you, when you get this, nobody will ever believe you, so you do have to prove oh it. You have to oh prove it. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, yeah they definitely were not colored the first time. And the nice thing about using a button like that is uh, you, they stays in the lines, which is pretty nice. <laughs> I, I never could color this well. All and they're the same pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah. All the way to the back. Yeah, all the way to the back. The hard part is getting the colors back out because if you have a coloring book and all the pages are colored, well, you know, unless you're putting them on your fridge, you're kind of done with it. Yeah. So what you have to do is um, these lines, this, these buttons right here, there's actually, this is actually a time machine. You actually bring your finger like this and reverse time, <laughs> but you have to do it this way, counterclockwise. So put your finger here and then trace those outside circles there. Oh, it felt like, did you, I feel like you kind of pushed too hard though. Oh. <laughs> you erase the whole thing. That's my concern. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that'll happen. Are you kidding me? That'll happen. Um, I should have warned I you. I really, I really was gonna. What in the world? So you went back in time for before it was even printed. That's not helpful. Uh, you erase the whole thing. You that's okay. Drawing was. pads are, are more for advanced people, but that's certainly not me. Um, tell you what, let's just press that button again twice this time. That resets it all the way back from the beginning. Let's see. Nope, you didn't quite get it. Try one more time, right in the center. Yep, twice. Let's see. Did that? Oh, there it is. Okay, good. Back to normal. And uh, you can give your wife a round of applause. She's a new magician, <laughs> I think. I don't even know. Oh, that's crazy. We actually sell this on our uh, website for kids. <laughs> you can actually get one of these. Any, if you're seven or older, you can do this. $15. Little little side promo there. I like it. I like it. I. All right. Um <laughs> Let's talk a little bit before we do a few more tricks. Um, you do have a big thing coming up. We don't know the date yet. Right. But you are going to be, you have already recorded it, but yes. they okay. are going to be airing your episode of Penn and Teller's Fool Us. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that experience. I, and I don't want you to give anything away, but just the idea of getting the opportunity to come on that show. It was uh, quite a privilege, you know. You've got Penn and Teller, who are world world renowned magicians, who thought it'd be cool to have their own TV show where they bring other magicians on, and uh, they try to fool them. Yeah. And uh, they're in their sixth season, and I knew if I had any chance at all of being on the show, I would need to design and create an illusion that they've never seen, something original. Right. And so that's what I did. I created a brand new illusion, and I told you earlier that most of the time I just perform magic right away and, you know, the same day without much practice. But this one, oh boy. Say, I'm sure take. you really had to. It took a lot. And the the timing of creating the illusion and auditioning for the show, it was such a limited window that I had never actually performed it for a live audience when I sent them my audition tape. And so when they called me and were like, this is really cool. What do audiences think of this? I said, I, I don't know. I've never actually performed it. And they go, whoa, 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 whoa you've never performed this for a live audience? And I said, no, I designed it for the show. It'll like be a debut of your show. It'll be never have before seen. It's kind of my angle. Yeah. And they're like, but, but what if it doesn't work? Like, you, you haven't workshopped this for a couple of years like most guys? And I go, well, I, I think it will work. I think if I can pull this off, it'll be the best mentalism ever seen on television. And they said, but uh, if we fly you out of here and we get you on the stage and it doesn't work, it's going to be awkward for you and your brand. I go, that's a risk I'm willing to take. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this is what we call pushing all the chips in. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I thought for sure when I got off that phone call, it was not going to work out, you know, because there are so many great magicians out there. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I thought they were just going to pass because that's kind of a risk. Oh, yeah. Bring an unknown with a new trick all the way to Vegas. And a couple of days later, I got the call and they're like, we'd like to bring you out. You know, we're not going to guarantee it will air. But uh, we, we're going to bring you in. We'd love to see what, you, what you've been working on. So that's kind of the process. So you sent an audition tape in. Then you made the cut to come out and perform 
And I'm assuming that's in front of Penn and Teller when that happened. But yeah. they may still not air that episode. I know now you know they are. But at that point, even when you flew out, you did not know if that episode would air. Yeah, and they do tell you. They do tell you. Until it's on TV, they still don't have to air. You know. Okay. So, it, you know, and I'm not allowed to say whether I fooled them or not. That's all, right. that's right. all contractual. But is there a tiny chance that it's still on air? Maybe. You know, until until I tell me the air date, yeah. I, I'm yeah. still thinking we're, we're game, we're gold. Because <laughs> they, they bring in a lot of talent. They right. really do. And it's a TV show, and they've got several episodes to fill. Um, but all signs are pointing to yes. And in the next two weeks, um, I should know the air date. And and what's the what's it like when you walk out there and, and Penn and Teller are obviously sitting there? Um, do the nerves flare up or are you just at the point that, all right, man, I got this. I'm good. But I mean, does it does it flare up because it's Penn and Teller sitting there? You know, I was in their green room, they call it, where you basically hang out and just wait for your time to shine. And I was doing okay. I was feeling pretty good. Um, and then I got up the elevator, and they were bringing me to the makeup room. And they were putting makeup on me. We were about 15 minutes to air. And there's a live audience there. Mm-hmm. Lots of cameras, big lights. Their stage that they perform at weekly. Yeah. And I thought I was doing okay, guys. <laughs> I felt like I was doing okay. And I was just doing a little bit of walking around in this room. And I took a step, and the floor moved. It actually dipped down, and I thought, oh, maybe the carpet's uneven. Maybe the floor's lower over here. So I took a step back and stepped again, and it felt like I went down, and I thought, oh, that's weird. That is really weird. Uh, and I kept walking around the table trying to figure out, and then I thought, well, maybe there are pipes under this, because it felt like rushing water under my feet. And I thought, oh, maybe it's just a cheap, thin building or a room or something. And then I thought, it kept happening. And at one point, it looked like the wall, like it was really windy outside, because the wall kind of bowed in a little bit. And I thought, okay, what is happening? And I thought, oh, I must have, I went through so many doors to get to this makeup room. I must be in a trailer. Like these <laughs> celebrities sit in, you know, and they're yeah, on wheels. Yeah. And I thought, okay, the floor is probably a little odd and the wind maybe blowing or something. So when the makeup person comes in, I said, is this room moving? And she looked at me and said, what are you talking about? I said, well, every time I take a step in this area, like the floor kind of gives out and looks like the walls. And she goes, no, you're just nervous. <laughs> oh my God. And I went, oh my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going crazy. <laughs> and she said, are you hungry? Is your blood sugar low? Do you need water? Are your nerves? And I was like, what in the world? I was not consciously aware how much anxiety my body was carrying, <laughs> but I was like falling apart. And I was thinking the room was moving. Which he did mention when he walked in. I mean, it was very similar here. The, the yeah, anxiety. The, oh, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so I found a bag of pretzels. I drank a thing. I never drink soda. Hadn't in 10 years. And I thought, if it's, I need sugar. So I downed a Pepsi and I was just like everything I could think of. And the floor was like, it was just crazy. That's amazing. The amount yeah. of anxiety. Yeah. And what's so unique about the trick I do, I won't spoil it, but it has to do with um, being very calm and meditative. And, the first line of my script is, you'd think that on this stage in front of Penn and Teller, I would be filled with anxiety, but I'm not. And it's simply because I've learned how to meditate. <laughs> and that's all scripting. And, and, and the room's and moving. Like, and the room is moving. So literally, the irony of all of this is I sit down and I start doing meditation so I can calm down before I have to go out. So, wow. So the scripting came true. Wow. Too funny. <laughs> that's And that's... So I'm going to ask this. I, I know that obviously... When you're sitting in the green room back there, are you are you practicing it or are you just running through it in your head? Or are you truly just like, okay, I'm here, I'm good, 
You've done it a million times, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, normally I would have said I've done it a million times, but I, again, had still never, I was still tweaking the illusion in the hotel room. Really? Um, yeah. And so I just decided I've put, at this point, there's nothing else that's going to change right. in the next hour. So it was everything I could do just to not think about it. There were other magicians there. I was getting to know them, just trying to do everything but think about the show. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's, I mean, that's just a, no matter where it goes for you from there, yeah. that's just an amazing experience to have and be able to say. I mean, I know that, you know, like I said, Ka- Callie's good friends with Caleb. And when he was on, you know, we've watched that that several times. And yeah. it's really cool to see, you know, that that's going to live forever. I mean, that's that's on YouTube. You're going to live forever with that. And, and that's something when you look back on your story of making that jump from the nine to five to there, not only did you not think you were going to do this professionally, but how could you have ever went and imagined I'm going to walk on Penn and Teller's right. Fool Us with a trick that I've never performed live and and try to fool them? I know. What a journey it was. And and I've, I had the chance to share some of this with some of my coworkers back from that 9 to 5 job, which I still visit them pretty regularly. You know, mm-hmm. I care a lot about them. And uh, they remembered when I was practicing things in my lunch breaks to yeah. potentially do for that show. And I yeah. ended up not even doing any of those. It was – yeah. Just such a cool transition, and uh, what a privilege. What a privilege. Well, and that's the same way we feel. And I, I, I joked about when you walked in here, but that's what amazes me um, is the talent that we have right around us here. And and I, I mean yeah. that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I never thought I'd have a guy that was on Penn and Teller fool us in studio or, or interview, and I've done two of them from right here yeah, in Indiana. I know, You right? know, we've had... UFC fighters that fight on national TV that have, have been on the show. Yeah. It, it amazes me when you start something like this, the network of people that are right here. And I always hear people say, ah, oh, it's Indiana. There's nothing here. Like, yeah. no, there's a ton of things here and people that are doing amazing things and, and successful things and cool things. And, and I appreciate you being on the show. I mean, that's, that's an honor for us. Yeah. And, and we feel very blessed as well. Yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. It's been quite a journey for me, and I'm excited to see where the rest of the the rest of the career grows. You know, especially the rest of this year, just as my name is able to get more out there and get more right. stage opportunities. Because, you know, I love magic as a profession, but ultimately, anytime I can actually share my story mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. being a performer who now wants to be more real and vulnerable, or being someone who had it all and gave it up to pursue something that was so risky, right. and, and all the relationships it took, you know to get there and all of the risk it took. Anytime I can pair that with the magic, oh, then you're changing people. You know, it goes beyond the ta-da. Well, and I want to I, I comment too because, again, you've kind of been on, obviously, here with the show and you're promoting, you know, your Johnny Magic side, but you and I had maybe one of the most real conversations in the hallway um, while the convocation was going on, a part that you weren't on, you and I just talking, uh, talking about family and life and and – so I want people to know that that part of your story is very, very true. I mean, you are, you have a great story. Um, you're a great guy to, to talk to. And I, that was like, that wasn't for show. That wasn't for me as a principal. There weren't kids around to mm-hmm. see me trying to do, that was just you and I stopped in the hallway and had a great conversation and, and just talking about life and vulnerability was a big thing we talked about was, you know, being a man today is probably more about being vulnerable and real than what it ever has been and understanding that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I commend you for for those and using those stories to kind of um, help inspire people. Thank you. Yeah, it's the people who are willing to take off the armor who are you, you look at them and go, oh, wow, you don't need armor. It's like, no, I'm just I'm just me. 
And it can be scary to take off your armor yeah. in the battlefield <laughs> of life. But I find that, you know, in the same way, if, if you walk into a room ready to defend yourself or ready to, you know, fight back people who think negatively of you, if you walk into a room with wearing boxing gloves, people are going to be a little bit like, whoa, whoa. And they're going to be like, whoa. Now, not visibly. Obviously, this is a right. metaphor. But if you walk in the room ready to defend yourself or to put on something, people are going to sense that. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to leave it. You got to leave it down. And you just got to be you. I love the phrase, uh, we're human beings, not human doing. And so much of our identity is around mm-hmm. what we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've said, and, and you know, Beauty from Ashes is, uh, is one of our sponsors, but uh, I love that place down there so much. And they, they've done a Bible study down there that I've went and been a part of. And the coolest thing about going down there is, and I've told Cal, the guy that owns it, no one has ever asked me what my profession is. Mm. Now it's come up through conversation, I figured out, but it wasn't that idea of so much of what I do is, okay, you're a principal. So that puts me on <clears throat> this level. And it's nice just to walk in and just be Dustin. Like mm-hmm. we really don't care what you are or what you do or who just you're Dustin. And the, and I, I, I think there is so much about that today that we don't do a good job of when we get to know people. And, um, it is something that I have tried to do a better job of is just, hey, be you. Yeah. We, we want to we hear about you. And we live in a culture that is very success-driven and it mm-hmm. is very title-driven right. and it is very, you know, how big is your house? How, you know, what type of car do you drive? And, you know, you really have to make an effort to kind of not let that shape you. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. every choice you don't make, the world's going to make for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we are, we're at about an hour. Um, wow. Has it been an hour? An hour and <laughs> hour and two minutes now. Wow. There you go. But do you have a couple more tricks you want to do? do? Can, you pass me, can you pass me this book here? Yeah. You, you brought some things here. Um, oh, there. Oh, you're fine. So we don't have time to go into it now, but I don't want this to come across as just a, a product push. This is actually something that I created out of a lot of passion. Um, when I was, uh, this had been 2011, I'd, I, I finally started the process of doing this. I always wanted to envision this. If I had a time machine and I could go back and visit my eight-year-old self and give him a magic kit that would like rock his world, what would it be? And so I started buying magic kits on Amazon and everywhere I could find to see you know, what, what's out there. And I was, see, when I was young, I was trying to learn magic. And it was all written instructions. Mm-hmm. There weren't really video instructions. And half of them, I couldn't figure out how to do it. <laughs> and I'm a kind of a person who's very forgetful and kind of unorganized. And so I lost <laughs> a lot of my magic, expensive magic. And so I wanted to design a magic kit that if eight-year-olds up to adults wanted to be able to entertain their kids or friends and family, that they would have professional tricks that are easy to do and really impressive. So that's what we created. It looks like a giant magic book. But it's actually a magic. Oh, that's kit. All cool! And uh, this is here is our goal. We want to help people wonder, discover, and play. And so we designed uh, some of these. Will look familiar. These are the classics of magic. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we reimagined them in a really cool way. And uh, I'll just show you a couple of them. This one was my very first magic trick. It's a ball and a vase. And just like you know, magicians, we're not very original in our uh, naming. Ball and a vase is a ball and a vase, right? But what you can do is you can put a ball inside of here, and you can actually take it out, put it in your pocket. Um, we'll just pretend I have one here. We just put it in my pocket, and what it does is it comes back. <laughs> it's very strange. And when it comes back, to make it vanish, all you have to do is put the lid on it like this, and you just 
and you put it right back in your pocket. Now, some people think, well, maybe there are two, but go ahead and lift that lid off. Yeah, it's just the one. And it's a really, really cool magic trick you can do. And if you're as young as eight, you can actually do that. There's a five-minute video that teaches you how. The other one that I really enjoy, this helps you do mind reading. We opened the show with a couple of those. We'll do it really quickly. This is just a cube with pictures from the circus. We've got an elephant. We've got a, you know, a cannon lion, a seal, a tent. And the idea is that it fits in this little box with a little lid on it, almost like a gift box. What I'd like you to do, Callie, is I want you to pick one of these images that's going to be your image. You can even show the camera. I'll close my eyes, okay? okay. But the way to do it so that no one's confused with which one you're thinking, because I don't want you to say it, just put it in so it's the only one facing the gotcha. top. Show the camera like this okay. and then put the lid on it. Okay. And then hand it to me back like this. Um, and then Dustin, make sure that I'm not looking. I just, I'm going to go like this. I'm going to look the other direction and cover my eyes. I see that. With my palms here. Okay. Lid is on. Okay. Good. Now I'm going to um, keep my eyes closed. I want you to place it in my hand. And I don't want you to think that I'm holding it near my waist and trying to get a peek. So look, Dustin, I'm going to put it right behind my back like this. So now it's behind me. There's no way that I can see it. And you put the lid on all the way like yep. that, right? Yeah. If I kept it back here, there's no way I could know. But I could. what I could do is let you hold on to it too. We teach kids it doesn't matter. The point is you want to create suspense. Mm -hmm. Like I know she chose tent, but I wouldn't tell her that right away. <laughs> what I would do is I would look into her eyes and go, you don't seem like the animal type today. You seem like you, you want something that maybe animals would go into and maybe red and white <laughs> and eventually tell her that she chose a tent. Which is exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> now, these are tricks that would sell for 5 or $10 at a magic store, but we were able to get all 12 in here. And I mentioned it's easy to lose them. Check it out. Look at these pictures back here. Oh, yeah. We made it so that you can't forget where everything I goes. That's cool. We've had magicians, or excuse me, kids who have owned this for a couple of years, and they still have everything. Not my story. I went through Magic Kids and lost everything within a couple weeks. So those are just two. There are 12 in there. We include a magic wand. So if you've got a young budding magician who wants some quality tricks that are easy to learn and impressive, they can visit our website. We sold them on Amazon for a while, but they take such a big cut. Yeah. But, so we, still, we, we sell them on our website, but we sell them with free shipping and it's two days. So it's everything you enjoy out of Amazon. You could even pay with Amazon Pay on our website, uh, but we'll ship it straight from our garage to your door. That's cool. Tell people where they can find them. JohnnyMagic.com. And we will, uh, we'll push that out on all of our social media as well. Um, I know another thing, um, if, if you're watching or uh, when the audio version comes out, I, I will encourage you, even if you just listen, um, go back and watch the, the Facebook Live video yeah. so you can see Johnny pull some of these uh, tricks off. But go give Johnny a like on Facebook. Mm, go to Google. Um, leave him a review uh, and, and help you know, share his stuff out uh, so that people can, people can see what he's doing. Like I said, that's, that's kind of why we wanted to start this was a network of people kind of supporting each other and what they were doing. So uh, get out and support Johnny. And like I said, he is uh, very impressive and uh, you know, a, a, even a better guy uh, than a magician from what I know of him. Um, and uh, so, but yeah, johnnymagic.com, you've got the tricks, uh, the magic kit on there. You've yeah, got the, the coloring the book. The coloring book is there. Um, and uh, get, if someone is, say, say some corporate uh, corporations wanting to bring in somebody, can they schedule you from there as well? Yes. There's a form on there they can fill out. It goes to my friend, Matt, who is really good at the details. I am not. So he'll, <laughs> he'll get your venue, your date, your address, and work out everything. And uh, we're going to have a really good time. When I write play, the word play in there, 
people want to play. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. No, that's and, cool. and Johnny, again, I want to say, man, uh, let me know when you find out the dates for uh, Fool Us, and we will push all that out through our social media as well. But uh, yeah. I, I truly mean it that it, it was an honor to have you come down. Um, I know it's a little bit of a drive for you, and, and it meant a lot to us yeah. because I, you're a guy that I enjoy talking to. Your story is great. Um, the chances you've take, but I also I also enjoy seeing you you fool us every time. <laughs> mm. Well, it's been a pleasure, guys. This is always fun, and I'm nothing without an audience and fans and people who support me. So all of that means so much. All right, and guys, uh, next week uh, we got a couple different episodes coming out. Next week we will be on um, Saturday night uh, with a gentleman that's putting together a summer party, summer uh, music festival. Up in uh, northern northeastern Indiana, and then on Sunday, uh, really excited. Um, maybe even have some food with it. But uh, yeah. special dogs and more out of Columbus, Indiana is going to be down. And I don't even know who all they're bringing. I believe they may be bringing a couple employees as well. Uh, but special dogs and more is a hot dog shop that employs. Uh, Adults with special needs um, and believes that anyone um, can have a career and do a, a fabulous job with what they do. So I even saw that some of the employees have designed some special hot dogs uh, for things they like. So special dogs and more will be down uh, on Sunday. So be on the lookout for both of those uh, this coming weekend. And um, I forget who else we got coming up. We got several. Uh, trying to think off the top of my head real quick. I don't remember. There's another one I'm losing it <laughs> i don't know so yeah i know those two are next weekend but yeah. there's another one why can i not think of a week right after yeah oh he is tuckered out yeah <laughs> so anyway I won't, uh, I won't be offended that he fell asleep during yeah. my magic show <laughs> <laughs> so but uh make sure you pay attention to those and uh like i said go over to johnnymagic.com uh pick you up a kit make sure that you uh help support johnny share his stuff go give him a like on facebook and google and um make sure you share his stuff out there and again thank you johnny yes thank, thank you, you so much you rock